Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Not Defined by Endo. I am so privileged to be speaking today to Lily Jane Avery, a 19-year-old endometriosis warrior and advocate from Sydney, Australia. Lily was diagnosed with endometriosis at the very young age of 14, and she is one of the few who have had to carry this burden of a chronic disease at such a young age. Despite her early diagnosis, Lily was once told by her doctor to buy a coloring book to color away her pain. This only made her fight even harder to be heard. Lily is not a victim, oh no. Instead, she has embarked on the very important cause of advocating for and educating both young and old about endometriosis and letting people know that the pain is not in their head. Lily started an Instagram account called Over Endo, where she educates people on the various aspects of the disease. Remember that I am not a healthcare professional, so whatever I share on this podcast is to inspire and empower you to take control of your health and your bodies. Please always speak to your healthcare professional before making any major changes to your diet or lifestyle. With that said, sit back, relax, and let's have a listen to Lily's story. Okay, so let's jump right into our conversations today. Thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. Absolutely. So can you tell the audience a bit about who Lily is and why she's advocating and raising awareness about endometriosis? Yes, my name is Lily and I'm 19 and I'm from Sydney, Australia. I'm in my second year of university and I got diagnosed with endometriosis when I was 14. I've decided to create this platform to spread awareness and advocate for endometriosis because I believe there's lack of knowledge, especially for girls that have just been diagnosed with endometriosis that are quite young. So I'm trying to be that big sister and um, support system for them. That's amazing. So you mentioned that you were diagnosed at 14. Can you share how your life was prior to that? So what happened? What were your symptoms and what made you go out there and say you needed a diagnosis? I was quite sick when I was around 13 and I kept getting stomach pain and I was in and out of hospital for about a year and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. They kept saying that it was you know, a psychological problem or I was making up the pain. Um, I went through a kidney biopsy because I thought I had IgA nephropathy. And it was when I finally saw a pediatric gyno. She was like, oh, I think we should, you know, you might have endometriosis. At the time, I'd already been diagnosed with PCOS. So she thought, oh, yeah, we should do an exploratory laparoscopy and see what we find. And they found endometriosis. And when I was told that, I was just really scared and confused. And I'd never really heard of it before um, the surgery. So getting that big diagnosis at the age of 14 was really scary after being through a year of being told that, you know, it was all in my head or I was making it up. It was clarifying to know that I had a diagnosis, but when I found out that this would affect the rest of my life, it wasn't, I wasn't exactly thrilled. Mm -hmm. And being at that young age of 14, I didn't think, I don't really know how I reacted to it. And I don't think I was in the, you know, if I was older, I think I would have had a better understanding of how to cope with it. 
Yeah, I think even for people who are diagnosed at older ages, like in their 30s, they still struggle to grapple with that diagnosis because the thing is, it's a bit, it's usually bittersweet because you're one, you're happy that you have an answer now, you know why you're in so much pain. But then the other thing is that there's no cure. So it's like this exactly. is what the rest of your life is like. And no one has definite answers. Everyone is like, maybe this is the treatment we'll have, we'll, you know, offer you. Or maybe it will work, maybe it won't. So, yeah, so I can understand how being 14, that must have been really, really, really scary for you. So what treatments were you offered? So once you got diagnosed with endometriosis, first of all, were you told what stage it was how what organs it impacted and all of that were you given enough information to truly understand what was wrong and also what treatments were you offered so no I wasn't told the first surgery what stage it was because um the first gyno that did the surgery didn't go in deep enough so I ended up having to have surgery six months later with a different doctor who then diagnosed me with stage four endometriosis. So the first laparoscopy, she basically didn't um, clear it all out and there was more in there and it was kept growing. I was offered, from the first gyno, I was offered treatments of the going on the pill, getting an IUD, which they call a marina in Australia, and um, all of these big things for a 14-year-old to have to decide. And I didn't really love the idea of having a metal copper IUD inside of me at such a young age. And it was the exact same options with my second surgery. It was, you know, go on the pill, um, different forms of the pill, because there's lots of different brands, you know. And yeah, th- those were the two big ones that either go on the contraceptive pill or to have an IUD. Wow. Okay. And do you mind sharing which of the options you went with? So I'd already been on the pill since I was 13. So I continued on with the pill and just decided to add pain management on top of that. But it didn't, obviously, it wasn't very effective and kept actually making it a lot worse than it was. Okay, so pain management, would you say that's just using painkillers or were you offered things like um, pelvic therapy or anything like that? I wasn't offered pelvic therapy. I was offered really strong opioids, which... Being the age of 14, I don't think it's great to be prescribing codeine and endone. And I don't like opioids. I react really badly to them to the point where I wouldn't want to take them even if the pain was that bad. So mm-hmm. I think giving, just shoving, you know, you, the, the patient with drugs isn't always the answer because it's more than beyond the drugs. It's how your whole life can change to help the endometriosis and the pain that comes with it. Yeah, I agree with you that just shoving, you know, medication onto the patients is a terrible idea because same for me, I was, I was always on um, painkillers as well. So I was Mm. using ibuprofen for so long and no one ever said, actually, don't take this all the time or you just, just find a way to minimize it. But that was kind of my go-to. So and I'm sure you're aware that during your periods, you are literally on the floor, you're unable to eat, exactly. you're throwing up and then you're taking medication. So that also affects, so just to share a quick one of mine, that affected my tummy as well. And mm. it, it, in fact, it exacerbated my symptoms because I used to have so much pain 
whether and then it carried on outside of the period so the medication started causing um my my tummy i think the acids to you know just burn down my tummy walls and things like that and i had gastritis so uh, i think you're right that you know that's not all there's so many things that have to be offered to the patients because just using the, those medications especially in that state where you haven't eaten anything so there's even nothing in your tummy to maybe provide protection and all of that they should definitely be talking about it a bit more so i started telling everybody do not use ibuprofen on a regular <laughs> basis you know try and and i know that methanamic acid which is one of the ones we are also offered here and opioids and all of that are you know a lot of people get really dependent on them and then they stop working Mm -hmm. so there's so many other things that we need to look into to improve our quality of life apart from surgery so the treatment you're on right now um i know you mentioned that you were on the pill but right now what treatment are you currently on so currently i'm on zolodex monthly injections which is putting my 19 year old body into medically induced menopause at the moment it is calming my endometriosis Um, however the side effects of the zolodex injection like menopause is quite drastic i'm getting hot flushes i get brain fog it's definitely changed me as a person with my mood swings so i don't really know at this point whether the injection is better or the pain is better so it's definitely finding that balance Um, And the fact that I have to have an injection every month until I have a baby is a little bit concerning and definitely not normal for someone of my age. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. And that's true. That's a a tough place to be where you actually are wondering which one's better. Just stay in pain or stay on a medication that gives you so many side effects, including the long-term effects that you're not even told about. So yeah, I'm sorry about that. And I hope things get better for you as time goes on. (laughs) Yes, me too. (laughs) Do you get anything else offered to you? Like maybe lifestyle changes, dietary changes, you know, any of those things? Did you have anyone guiding you in that way or did you have to find it all out yourself? I got, I was really in the dark about it all. And I think myself and my mum had been doing a lot of research at home thinking, you know, what can we do to help? Because, you know, the painkillers are actually causing more side effects than the, you know, the needed. My, I asked my gynecologist at the time and he said to me, oh, just Google the endometriosis diet. <laughs> and so that, <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I'm 14. I have no idea what's going wrong with my body. I've been shoved a junk load of drugs. And then you just tell me to Google a diet, which I think any female should know you shouldn't be Googling diets from the get-go. So I had no idea what to do. Um, And I, it was just trial and error. And, you know, I would try some things and it would make it worse. And I, Mm. and I was just in the dark and I had no one to go to. Uh, There was no, you know, website or anything that just says, Hey, this will help or this wouldn't like, I really needed that support. Sorry about that. I kind of have the same experience in the sense that I also had to do a lot of research on my own. And, you know, people say the endometriosis. In fact, there was one time I posted something online about anti-inflammatory diets. And one of mm-hmm. my online friends, she was like, FYI, vegetables actually make me bloated and cause me so much pain. <laughs> and I was oh, like, no. oh, God, that's so horrible because... 
I mean, that's what everyone says to go to. So if you're having troubles with vegetables, then that's a big deal because what do you <laughs> do then? So just sharing the story to say, yes, there's not one endometriosis no. diet. The main thing is we know that there are in inflammatory, you know, foods and because endometriosis is an inflammatory condition that we need to do all we can to kind of bring down that inflammation but there's no as much as we know the foods that maybe could help or the foods to avoid everyone needs to go through their own journey and understand what works for them and what doesn't and that's what everyone needs to know so yeah yeah there's (laughs) there's no set rules (laughs) exactly yes but are there any particular diets or i don't want to say the word diet but you know know, (laughs) foods that you eat or things that you know you know help you with your symptoms i would say for me avoiding red meat was really great i found that that was a big inflammatory thing for me um focusing on really like the like the there's a mediterranean kind of not diet but like lifestyle where it's all like you know very um, low inflammatory foods, I found that helped. And I think now, because I'm, you know, older than 18, I think alcohol is something I should be avoiding because it does <laughs> give that horrible, like I call it, you know, the endo bloat, which all the endo community wouldn't hear of. Um, yeah. That's something that really does upset my my stomach. Yeah. Okay. I think for me, dairy is one of the things that I can tell has a bad effect on me. So almost immediately after having dairy, I can feel my tummy being like all dirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I try to avoid gluten as well. I, for recently, I haven't succeeded as much ever since the pandemic <laughs> and, you know, just wanting to eat and being at home so much. Um, but I remember that when I started, you know, going through this journey and I was trying to eliminate things that I thought were not probably like in the community, everyone was saying, try and do these things as much as you can. And I tried to avoid gluten, dairy, red meat for a while. And I tried to go organic. Another thing I tried to do was uh, get rid of as much plastic usage as possible. I don't know if you've heard of you know, the yeah. fact that, yeah, plastics mm-hmm. are, they can create kind of estrogenic effects and they are kind of bad for us. So those are some of the things I also started trying to look into. And then one thing I try to do is not just eliminate, but try to fill back, you know, that gap or that hole. Yeah. Because, you know, so try to eat, I try to eat more vegetables, more fruits, more seeds. So like chia seeds, hemp seeds and things like that. But it's really, it's actually stressful sometimes, you know, keep thinking it about is. it. Yeah, it is. And it's, and especially when you're in pain, I think you don't exactly want to eat. Well, I mean, maybe that's just me. You don't really want to eat like a bowl of veggies. Like, you know, you just want to like lie in bed and be like, oh, I know. So it is hard. And I think the other one that I have been really conscious of over the years and probably starts from when I had PCOS is the sugar aspect as well. I found oh, that yeah. when too much sugar, my endo would be like, ah, what are you doing to me? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's another one. But it's interesting. I tolerate dairy quite fine. So it is definitely okay. person to person of, you know, and there's, that, there's no set, you know, yes and no. And it just it really affects the individual differently. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Is there anything else outside of nutrition? So in terms of exercise, I know that many of us are in so much pain that we can really bear <laughs> to exercise so much. But 
you know, a lot of people talk about yoga, deep breathing exercises and things like that. Do you have anything that helps you with coping when you're in pain? I think for me, what I do to cope best is actually walking. I found walking is my choice of exercise. I'm not a huge yoga fan. Well, not fan. I just haven't, I don't really do yoga. Um, But I definitely find walking helps. I used to do a lot of like um, running and dance when I was younger. And I found that when I got diagnosed with endo, the thought of running actually makes me feel physically sick. Like that just doesn't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that that I think would be really harsh but yeah definitely walking um gentle bike riding I still enjoy a dance when you actually can go out but um definitely the pain changes how you feel and how your motivation is around exercise because some days you know getting out of bed and you know actually getting out of my pajamas is enough for the day yeah agree okay so you're young and you're in this endo world endo community and I would say, yeah, one of the few who got diagnosed in way less time than the average person with endometriosis, because we know that many of us get diagnosed after seven to 10 years from when we start mm. having our symptoms, which is horrible. But this means you've spent most of your life knowing that you have a disease you can't run away from. And this is what I was saying earlier about bittersweet. So that's the bittersweet aspect of endometriosis. So how would you say this? knowledge or this uh situation i would say has affected your mental well-being how have you been able to cope with knowing that you have something that right now there's well no cure there are ways to live with it but you know it's tough to know this from a young age so how has it been for you i think i agree with you i definitely think it was a bittersweet moment when i found out that i had it um because before one of the doctors said that she suggested that I should get a coloring book to color away my endometriosis pain, which I didn't really, really? like. Of. Oh, yeah, that's my like God. my that's like my one famous line that I was told to color away the pain. This was in between my two surgeries because of the pain. She said, "Yeah, you shouldn't be having this much pain. Maybe she should get a coloring book. Like maybe it's all in her. You know, maybe yeah, she's got it, but the pains on top is actually a lot oh in her my. head. So yeah, so definitely there is clarification. Um, I think mentally it's very scary especially for someone so young I mean I was around my friends who were you know we just started high school and it was all about you know being young and I'm thinking you know can I have kids and that's something and even today I'm like around my friends and and I'm like yeah they're they're not worried about anything and I'm thinking I where I am in my life I'm planning you know to have kids can I have kids Mm. um you know it's it's the day-to-day management. It's, you know, trying to explain to people why I can't come out today because mm-hmm. I'm in bed crying in pain. Yeah. It's, it's, and I also think, you know, when I was at school and I would have surgeries or if I was in pain, it is a bit of the broken arm logic, you know, because no one can see endometriosis. Sometimes people forget um, and don't really understand why you're in pain, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have a broken arm and they see the cast, they can connect that it is, you know, yeah. you're actually quite sick. Yeah. So I think that was quite hard to explain because I look fine and I look like a happy, healthy young girl, but my insides are definitely the opposite of that. Yeah. That's tough. Uh that's I think many of us have that uh feeling. There's that phrase, but you don't look sick that everyone mm. talks about. It's even became a hashtag at some point, and we all feel the same. Like just because you can't see it, it doesn't mean that we're not 
in pain and the only way we can survive is actually to try and live normal lives if this is a reality you know for so for like the rest of our lives until maybe miraculously we get a cure or if some of the treatments work uh you know definitively but yes it's it's quite tough on the mental health and i think you're so brave for you know, reaching out and, you know, not just cowering in fear or in sadness and deciding that endometriosis will not make a victim of you, but instead you're, you know, reaching out to people your age, the younger people, people who might not even know that this exists and you're talking about it to them. So that's really amazing. So let's talk about your page, your Instagram page over Endo. And I know you're raising awareness to young people. What is your mission and how do you what is your like guiding principle or your vision or what what would you like to see in 10 years using your page for example i think my mission and vision for my page over endo is to really spread awareness of the disease and especially to reach out to the girls that have just been diagnosed whether they be 14 you know 20 or 41 i think i was really in the dark when i got diagnosed and i think um, having a community like this or a page to look at and read would have been really helpful to answer the questions that doctors don't really have the answers to or understand. Um, I would really like to go on TV in Australia and to spread the word of endo. I think there's definitely lack of it, um, especially for the younger generation. I think if you ask a 14 year old what endometriosis was, they'd just look at you being like, what are you saying? So I definitely think just spreading and reaching out and try to be that um, big sister for the girls and women that have endometriosis. That's amazing. That's an amazing mission. And I wish you all the best. Uh, And I hope that you definitely reach out to millions of women that need you because they definitely do. So is there anything if for a girl who feels like she's having extreme period pains more than her friends and her colleagues would you what would you say you what would your advice be in terms of the path to take so what should the girl do someone who knows nothing about endometriosis for example say she just knows that she's having period pains or she just started her period and it's quite painful what is your advice or what would you say are the steps My advice for a situation like that would be to record, you know, and track your period to make note of your symptoms and how often you're getting them and then go to a doctor and get a referral to a gynecologist and especially a pediatric gynecologist if they are um, of a child's age. And I think the main thing about when you go and see these doctors is to present and bring the evidence of here are my symptoms, here's my period, this is not right, I'm getting too much pain, something needs to happen. And if that doctor isn't going to listen or isn't the right match for you, I wouldn't be afraid to get a second opinion. And that would probably be my biggest advice is to find someone that really gets you because in the long run, you're going to be stuck with someone dealing with you, not just for now, but for the rest of your life, basically, because as we've talked about, there is no cure for endometriosis at the moment. So it's definitely something you need to manage with your doctor and to kind of build a support team. Oh, that is amazing advice. I love what you said about first getting evidence, because what I've seen now is that, and I have been talking about it as well, is go to your doctor armed with information. And that makes them know that you know what you're talking about. And the second thing you mentioned about 
finding someone who believes in you and not being afraid to take a second get a second opinion is so so important because i've seen lots of women just stuck with their doctors because they're afraid to question and to you know talk about what they're reading about or what they're hearing on social media because just being afraid that the doctor is a person of authority but it's Mm. while that is true in a lot of scenarios it's good to also know that you have a a decision or you have a a say you know in your health really so thank you so much lily this has actually been very nice it's been so good to (laughs) to talk to you uh i'll you know tell everyone about over endo and what you're the amazing work you're doing and hopefully people reach out to you as well for help for advice just for someone to talk to so thank you so much thank you (laughs) really appreciate it all oh (laughs) being diagnosed with endometriosis can be bittersweet but as we continue to share our stories we continue to realize that we are never alone and together one way or another we will beat this disease i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did I would love to know. Send me comments or even a DM through my Instagram or Facebook page. Share with your friends and subscribe to the podcast. And if you have any questions to ask or topics you would like me to discuss, feel free to shoot me an email on info at notdefinedbyendo.com. I love to hear from you all. And all of this information is in the show notes. Until next time, My name is Teniela and remember, you are not defined by Endo.